Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and Realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And good news, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and all Apple Podcasts. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, travel tips, and links to people who are incredible storytellers who can transport you on a journey around the world without even needing to leave your home. My guest today is Connie Barry. Connie writes the Kate Hamilton mystery series that are set in the UK and feature an American antiques dealer with a gift for solving crimes. And Connie, it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel today. Hi, Marilyn. It's wonderful to be with you. Well, Connie, I am actually just in awe of your, A, your writing. I love your books. They're so fabulous. And also... The the way that you set the setting, I guess that's the only way I can put it. Your your setting is so incredible. Give me a little idea of, of who you are, a little of your backstory, and how you came to even create these novels. I have always been a writer. My mom had been a fifth grade teacher, and so when I was born, I became her one and only student, and she was passionate about reading and writing, and so she encouraged me, and I have always loved to write. I am also an Anglophile. I had Scottish grandparents, so I grew up hearing about everything Scottish, everything British was the very best, and I can still hear their 
accent and my ear, they both came over as adults. Um, I wish I could reproduce it. I cannot. I can hear it, but I can't make it come out of my mouth because I would love to do that. Then during college, I attended St. Clair's College in Oxford, and I really fell under the spell of the British Isles. And so as all these things came together, I've, I've always loved mysteries. I grew up with Agatha Christie, well, Nancy Drew, first of all, Agatha Christie, all the Golden Agers, Dorothy Sayers, Niall Marsh, uh, Cyril Hare, Michael Gilbert, all of those, just love them. And I've always wanted, I had always wanted to write a mystery as well. And it was definitely going to be set in the UK. That's, you know, an, an English village, a body uh, that just kind of fires my imagination. So after I retired, I had the opportunity to do that. And I've been doing that for, um, really, I kind of embarked on that in 2017. It took me a long time to get the first book out. But I, when I finally got it together, I got a contract rather quickly. And so this has been great fun. It's it is really like armchair travel, and I especially enjoyed writing my latest, The Shadow of Memory, because it was written during COVID, when um, we had three trips to the UK canceled, and I could go there, though, in my imagination, and that was really comforting to me. Maybe that's why you picked up on the setting, and that's because that is so important to me. Well, I wanted to talk to you about the setting. First of all, I would like for people to have an idea really where the setting is. I think that, unfortunately, geography is not one of the, the high points uh, anymore, and people need to have some kind of visual idea of where where the setting is. So give us a, a little geography lesson here, Connie, and, and tell us about the British Isles. My first book was set uh, in an island in the Scottish Hebrides. It's a fictional island called the Isle of Glenroth, but it is right off the coast. It is, if you're ever looking at a map, it would be south of the Isle of Skye. But my subsequent novels have moved now to the county of Suffolk. And uh, that is a, a place in England that is not as well known as others because it is not really on the tourist trail. Um, Suffolk would be uh, northeast of London, a little bit east and a little bit north of Cambridge. So if you're looking over on the east coast, it's it's a coastal uh, county. Above it would be Norfolk and then Suffolk. And part of the reason I love it is because it is an ancient part of England. Norfolk was originally the North Folk and Suffolk was the South Folk of the old Anglo-Saxon culture before the Normans came in. And so all of England is historic, of course, but um, Suffolk just has the most impossibly quaint villages, tiny villages that have not changed. And it's just England the way you think it should be in your imagination. Well, when you first visited there, had you already had the idea for the, for your your book series or was that a place you had visited and then later as you were creating the setting that you knew that's where you wanted to be? You know, I didn't know originally because I had all of the British Isles to to choose from. But when I was writing my first book, one of the main characters is a detective inspector from England. He is also in the this island 
than the Scottish Hebrides. It's a little bit of a mystery why he's there. They work together to solve a crime. And so then I had to decide where he would be from. And because I had visited Suffolk several times already by that point, I just decided that was a natural place. So he is now a detective inspector in the Suffolk Constabulary, the Western Branch. It is based in Bury St. Edmunds. Wow, that is detailed. You, it's like you channeled this guy and just knew from where he came, he would be like this. So, Connie, you have this incredible uh, way of storytelling. Give us a little idea of what it was like for you when you were growing up. Did you travel a lot when you were a child? We didn't travel internationally, but uh, we did travel a lot. And my mother was a, a great history buff. Um, my parents were antique dealers like Kate's parents were. And so um, she loved all things historical. And we would, you know, we used to joke that we never passed by an historical marker. And she used to actually kind of study up a little bit on the places that we were going. We didn't go anyplace really exciting. We went to the East Coast. My my grandparents lived in Buffalo, New York. We went to Florida. We went out west. We went different places. But she always brought so much richness of history. And I think that's really why I, I also have fallen in love with the past. I love to think about how history impinges on the, on the present and how it shapes our lives and shapes our culture. And certainly history happens everywhere. It's a global phenomenon. So you've been able to not only learn so much about history right here in your own backyard, but you've incorporated an entire other place. So you... Yes, yes. And, and what's interesting is how that history isn't just global, but it becomes personal. That definitely makes sense. I could see how that happens. And when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk more about that. And I think you've really touched on something on how the the history becomes personal and how you were able to incorporate that into your novels. So tell us where you are right now in your journey, where you're sitting as you're talking to us today. <laughs> we are uh, in our cottage. We have a cottage in northern Wisconsin. I am definitely a cold weather person. It must be my Scandinavian and, and Scottish genes. But when summer hits, we go north. And so it's actually relatively cool up here. It's a wonderful place to write. I have done my best writing at the cottage and I have a desk that looks out over the lake and the woods. It's just a very peaceful place. I, I don't juggle things too well, so I can just focus on my writing, and I love that. I love that, too. That is very special. Well, I'm looking forward to maybe going just a little deeper here, too, not only in, in your novels and, and your writing process, but also about just talk, I, I want to talk to you a little bit too about how the characters are kind of eccentric and, and how you highlighted a little bit of maybe the people of the area from where you were basing your stories from. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm here today with Connie Berry. She's an acclaimed author. She's written some wonderful books, uh, a traveler, actually a woman after my own heart. So stay tuned. We have lots more to talk about. We'll be right back. 
It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hello, fellow travel lovers. This is Toby Brown with Outdoor Africa. You may have heard me on Speaking of Travel in the past, as Marilyn and I love to get together and talk about all the exciting things happening with travel in Africa, particularly safari travel. If those conversations have piqued your interest, then I have some exciting news. Marilyn and I have put our heads together and come up with a fantastic safari to South Africa, and we want you to join us. This coming March 2023, we will be traveling to some of the great parks in northern South Africa to see the stunning wildlife and beautiful landscapes and then jumping down to Cape Town for wine, penguins, and Table Mountain. So if a small group safari is on your bucket list, then visit speakingoftravel.net to learn more, or contact me directly at toby at outdoor-africa.com, or by phone at 828-216-1515. That's 828-216-1515. One five one five. Join us on Safari, and we can't wait to Safari with you. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and my guest today is Connie Berry. Connie writes the Kate Hamilton Mystery Series set in the UK and featuring an American antiques dealer with a gift for solving crimes. And Connie, it's so great to have you here today. And you were talking about your parents were antiques antique dealers. Is that right? Yes, that that's right. Actually, most people assume it was my mother who was interested and got my father into it, but it was exactly the opposite. Um, I, I mentioned in the earlier segment that his parents were um, immigrants from Scotland, and actually his grandparents came over originally to be servants for um, the old John D. Rockefeller. And they, um, his, my father's grandparents ended up being caretakers at their summer house in Lakewood, New Jersey, which wasn't a house, it was a mansion. Um, And there were other very wealthy people, the ghouls and so forth, that had summer mansions in Lakewood. And that's where my father grew up. And so as his grandparents were caretakers, um, the Rockefellers weren't there too much. And so he had the opportunity to roam around the house. And there was one room that just captured his imagination. And it was a room, um, I don't know if they called it the Chinese room, but my dad did. And it was where they had collected Chinese um, antiques and antiquities there. And as a young boy, he was just absolutely fascinated. He actually ended up being an engineer, but he was fascinated with the skill that it took to produce these objects. And his whole life, Asian antiques were his, his passion. Um, so he really got my mother into it, and um, you know he had a his his day job, but um, they eventually opened a little shop. They were really you you said you wanted to talk a little bit later about 
eccentrics and my parents were very charming eccentrics in the sense that they just collected things with a passion so I grew up with you know a life-size bust of Marie Antoinette in our living room and another time a two-third size statue of the three great go as people would you know buy them and then new things would would come in so that's just the world that I grew up in and that's the same as my protagonist Kate that's the world she grew up in as well funny how that works out right uh yeah Connie I was just gonna ask you about that is Kate you <laughs> <laughs> no she is not she is uh younger taller thinner and prettier um but we do share some things in common, and that is definitely one of them. And that's been fun. I bet. So you get to model, you know, just kind of find a little comparison between your character. And then let's talk a little bit about some of these other characters who you bring in and how that all intersects in the stories and in the mystery because the mystery is what really holds the reader like what's going to happen. How did that all come yeah. out for you? Yeah, you're you were right that there are other elements, there there are subplots, but the main plot, the mystery is what has to carry the book. However, um when you have a world and now we have this village, fictional village in Suffolk called Longbarston and it is populated by people and they become friends of Kate's and th they say that the English love eccentrics. And I believe that it is actually true. Um, having traveled there a lot, we, my husband and I go there once or twice a year now. England really is full of individual eccentric people who are just so much fun to observe and so lovely and charming and interesting. And I enjoy so much observing life. And of course, Britain is is international now. There there are people literally from all over the world who have come to settle. And so I also try to include all kinds of people in the book. And I love to give each one, um, a, you know, kind of a full personality, even if they're kind of a walk on. You know, I want them to be more than just cardboard characters. Well, I think you've definitely uh, mastered that, Connie, if I do say so myself, because the book is really just so rich and vibrant, I think is a word that I would describe it. The characters are so real and so charming and a little eccentric, like you said, so it pretty much matches. And it sounds like the setting as well is pretty well described of some of the places where you've been and being able to take that imagery and put it into words. When you're writing, do you feel like you're you're going back into your mind and remembering things that you've seen and and absorbed in your travel and then put it out into the into the written word? I am a very visual writer in the sense that as I am writing, I am picturing it in my mind as if it were a, a movie or a television show and so I see where where is the source of the light um, how many people are in the room how low is the ceiling what does a person's face look like as he's saying those words and so all of those visual clues are 
are very interesting to me and they're what I see and that is what I try to put on the page. But when a, a writer is doing that, you, you don't want to give everything because you want to leave room for the reader to also visualize and their visualization might be somewhat different. So what I try to do is to give brushstrokes, try to give parameters um, so that then they feel enough immersed in the scene themselves that they can then picture it. That's my hope anyway. Well, I think your books are very, really take you into that scene and you feel like you're experiencing exactly what your intention was to bring us into that place, into that setting, into that world with people that we can then love. Because you've written the series and people keep reading them. Tell us how people can get get your book and find out more about you and, and be a part of this amazing world that you've created. I have uh, four books out right now. The last one, The Shadow of Memory, was released on May 10th. And they are available anywhere where books are sold. They are also available in most libraries. If they are not in your library, you can certainly request it. And I am currently working on more uh, books. I'm not actually allowed at this moment to be very specific about that, but, um, but there will be some news coming up. And if anyone would like to follow my career and find out more, they can go to my website, which is www.connieberry.com. And when they're there, they have an opportunity to sign up for my monthly newsletter, which comes out around somewhere around the third week of every month. Well, that sounds great because I know that once once you've read the first book, you want to read the second and the third and the fourth and and now you're saying there might be more. We're going to definitely want to keep up with you. So, Connie, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. It's really been a lot of fun, and I'm excited and can't wait to hear what you're going to be up to next. Well, it has been fun, Marilyn. Thank you so much, and I think we do have a lot in common. I agree. Maybe we should definitely plan on meeting sometime so that we can... That would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. Well, thank you, Connie, so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. Well, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing this summer for fun? Well, I can tell you this. Summer in Asheville in Western North Carolina has never-ending fun things to do, from river fun, outdoor music, festivals, hiking, and forest bathing. You're going to want to head over to the higher elevations and find some refreshing coolness. Coming up next is Jen Brooks. She's the editor and social media manager of RomanticAsheville.com, the most popular online travel guide to the mountains and foothills right here around Asheville in western North Carolina. And she's going to share what you can see and do this summer and give us a sneak peek into what we might expect for the fall. So stay tuned. Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. 
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. All right, I don't really know anyone who doesn't love summer. I mean, what is there not to like? Well, if you're young, school's out. And what other time are you outside so much you actually can take a break in cleaning your house? I mean, what reason do you have to be indoors? And every day is an excuse to feel like you're on vacation. The days are longer and the nights are shorter, and there are more chances to catch up with your family and friends. And right here in Western North Carolina, there are so many things to look forward to. With sunny days and pool time and lovely holidays, well, that's summer for you. Joining me today is Jen Brooks, the editor and social media manager of RomanticAsheville.com, the most popular online travel guide to the mountains and the foothills surrounding Asheville and Western North Carolina. And Jen, it's always so exciting to have you back on Speaking of Travel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's good to be back, Marilyn. Well, Jen, it's always great to catch up with you. And you know, summer is definitely one of my favorite seasons. I love being warm and wearing my sandals and picnics and just all that summer stuff. So Mm -hmm. give us an idea of what's going on right now, right here in Western North Carolina, that we can do just right in our backyard. Yeah, so there's like a lot of popular things happening um, up and down the parkway. Of course, we have Sliding Rock, which was almost not this summer, uh, but we were able to confirm that it is up and running. They got everything um, repaired from a storm that happened um, last year. So it is up and running, which is great. There's a lot of popular waterfalls um, that people are heading to, but we do have Looking Glass Falls has um, a little bit of damage from a storm and it's closed for now. Um, but we do have a great guide has 60 plus waterfalls. You can find a lot of waterfalls that are lesser known with even more serene sort of swimming pools near them. Um, if you just get in a little bit of the outskirts outside of Asheville and into kind of the mountainside. Well, that's great. I love being able to just drive some waterfalls. You can actually just see from your car. You can just drive by and there are these beautiful waterfalls. And of course, there's always so much music in this area. It seems like Mm -hmm. you can just walk downtown. There's people playing music on the street. But give us an idea of some of the some of the music that's going to be happening this summer in and around Asheville and Western North Carolina. Yeah. So um, the drum circle is back on Friday nights in Asheville for a very long time. Folks weren't coming out um, due to COVID and just extra concern. So that's back up and running. Lots of free stuff happening. Um, Downtown after five, they do every third Friday and they'll do that through September. So you can always join that if you happen to be around on a Friday. Um, Shindig on the Green is a long, long running music festival celebrating mountain music and folk music. And it did not come back in 2021, but it's back and it's coming up. Um, And then we have lots of um, the NC State Bluegrass Festival is in Marion and that's coming up. That's a great place to hit and a a wonderful area around there. Of course, Leaf, which is Asheville and Black Mountain is pretty popular for. They're returning in August to Pack Square. Um, But we also have like a ton of smaller um, events, um, lots of really 
hoedown music, all kinds of stuff. You have um, your folk music, you have like more out there music, you have bigger festivals, smaller festivals. Um, so if you just go on our website, you can actually see all the um, small towns and the collection of events and music events that they have there. Well, let's talk a little bit about your website, Jen, because romanticashville.com has been around for a long time and it really is the most popular online travel guide. And you have so many resources there and everything is always updated and current and give, give us an idea of when we go to your website, how we can look at all the different things that you have going on. Do you have them by categories? What's the best way for somebody to come in and really peruse that website? Yeah. So um, we have, you know, the most popular landing page is going to be the 40 small mountain towns that we um, represent and we showcase. Um, But really, it just lays out to, you know, if you're looking for unique stay, we have lodging, we have things to do, we have the outdoors, we have built more. And we kind of lay it out there for wherever you're kind of landing towards. Lots of events, obviously, are going to incorporate a ton of different things happening. Right now, obviously, outdoors is a big popular place to land on our website. We have many hikes and we have hikes that are kind of distilled down to, you know, summit hikes, uh, easy hikes, parkway hikes, um, hikes that are close to Asheville. You can kind of find nearby hikes in various towns um, in Western North Carolina. And also with a lot of attractions kind of planted nearby. Picnics is really big right now. Folks like to get up. It's really hot here in Asheville. It was 90 degrees today, which is kind of hot for Asheville. But if you climb up on the parkway, you can within 20 minutes be at a higher altitude with lots of fresh, crisp air and, you know, picnic spots, views, um, and even going to the outskirts of the small town. So there's a lot to explore in there. It's a lot to unfold. You kind of go down a rabbit hole, but uh, that's kind of what, the way we like it. We like to sort of let people get excited about having a venture. I know. And being able to see and pick and choose and say, oh, I would really like to try whitewater rafting. And then you've got all this information about whitewater rafting and where you oh, can yeah, go. Tubing, stand up paddle boards, kayaking. We have, we have a page for everything that lists out lots of places to check out for that. I love it. And you were talking about it being hot here. What better way to spend your summer in the heat than on a paddleboard or in a kayak, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, there's so many lakes nearby. There's mountain beaches. We have a roundup of mountain beaches, but we do have a page too. That's like what to do when it gets hot in the mountains. And there's like, there's so much to do. I mean, obviously we, we all know that the rivers are usually a lot cooler than the beaches. (laughs) So it's a nice kind of fresh experience. There's lots of um, streams, there's all kinds of river play, all kinds of lake play. So There's really a lot to do. You could never really um, exhaust the list of things to do here. Exactly. And then you have all the wonderful information about accommodations and there's something for everybody. You can stay in a yurt or Airbnb Mm -hmm. or you can do a a treehouse cabin. You know, we have there's actually these really wonderful hot soaking cabanas that just opened up in Bryson City that we're super excited about. They have lots of really great views. There's a lot of unique lodging on our site. We like to try to incorporate all of it and give people a little bit to play with, um, whether you're into glamping, side road camping or luxury resorts. All of those things. And you were talking about the hiking, too. I mean, what better way to be kind to your body than to take a nice hike where you get hot and then you land at sliding rock? Yeah, Yeah. and you can go down 
and mm-hmm. get all cooled off. And, and I wanted to just mention, too, the Arboretum because I, I have been spending quite a bit of time down there doing some hiking. I had never really mm-hmm. spent much time on those trails, and they're really cool. And they've got some events in the summer, right? They do. Um, and believe it or not, there's a lot of trails. I mean, a lot of folks will go. Um, we always recommend a membership to the Arboretum. There's a lot more than you would think. Um, they have lots of exhibits and traveling shows that come through and they have lots of hiking trails. And then one thing they do summer through, I believe, September, maybe even November, actually, um, is they do Arbor Evenings, which is Thursdays and Fridays. You can go and check out live music. They have light food, beer and wine for sale. And it's really magical going through their gardens, which are just meticulously kept and so beautiful. And just listen to music and, and hang out. It's a great place to be. It's all a great place to be when you come to Western North Carolina. We There's just so much to do. And I'll tell you, you know, the time goes by so fast before you know it. It's it's summer is starting to wane and kids are going back to school. And before you know it, the the leaves are changing. And Jen, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about that fall preview, because we don't like anybody to be taken by surprise. And <laughs> we know that there are there's the time that will come that will be fall. So let's talk about that when we come back. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. I am looking forward to coming back and talking about fall, although I'm going to relish every moment there is of summer. So this is (laughs) Marilyn Ball. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Summertime is the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures. Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm here today with my guest, Jen Brooks, the editor and social media manager of RomanticAsheville.com, which is an online travel guide to the mountains and foothills right here around Asheville in Western North Carolina. And I'm telling you, it is chock full of good information. And, you know, we were talking about summer and how much there is going on, but we all know how time flies. And it's just amazing. The other day I found a bright yellow leaf on the ground. Okay, so it's summer, but it seems like fall is right around the corner. And Jen, you know better than most what that means. And I think after July, people are already starting to plan for the fall. So give us a little idea of what that fall timeline might look like. Yeah. So I always say that, you know, after 4th of July, folks are already gearing up for the cool weather stuff. And, you know, typically in Western North Carolina, of course, you can't predict mother nature. um, But typically we, we begin to start seeing some change at the higher elevations in late September 
And those elevations are more like graveyard fields, um, rough ridge if you're along the parkway, um, some of those higher areas. And once those areas start transitioning, then we have a better timeline when we are able to look at the forecast and also able to see how the leaves are changing. We know a little bit closer to um, the points of which they would turn going down the mountain. So there's a lot to see and do. Definitely when you're traveling, if you go to a place and, and you find, especially Western North Carolina, the cool thing is that you can hop on the parkway fairly reasonably at, at any location towards the mountains and you can get on a higher elevation and actually get those views and scenic drives in where you can see the leaves change. It's definitely worth taking the time to take some scenic drives, do some hiking, which is just breathtaking then. It's a perfect weather. It's gorgeous. It offers so much for the eyes and the soul. Well, I know that when I am up on the parkway in the summer, I always long for those long range views that you see mm-hmm. in the fall and the winter. I love mm-hmm. it up there when you go up to Craggy and you walk up to the summit. Oh, yeah. Such a beautiful hike and beautiful views. But boy, you come when it's fall and the leaves are starting to change and fall and you can see these really beautiful beautiful long-range views, it is definitely worth taking those scenic trips up to those higher elevations. And there are a lot of events going on as the summer wears on and we start getting into the fall. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, it's, you know, fall for the mountains typically means uh, apple season. So you start having your various breeds of apples that, you know, will start blooming, start doing their thing. We love the Mountain State Fair. That's another big hit that happens here at the um, Agricultural Center here in Asheville, um, just South Asheville. The Apple Festival, the NC Apple Festival, it happens in Hendersonville, Apple Country. There's so many um, varieties of apples that come into to fruition and uh, the ciders, the things that they can make, the apple cider donuts, those are always so delicious in the fall weather when it's nice and crisp. And then we also have the Blue Ridge Pride Festival, which is something that Asheville really enjoys. And, and it's a really family-friendly, fun experience that happens in the fall as well. And then of course, you you know, once you transition in October, it's just everywhere you go is, is going to be a sight to see because it's just beautiful weather, beautiful color and a lot happening. There is so much happening and there's so many things to do when you're out and about in, in that season, like zip lining. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about how we have some of the most spectacular zip lining places right here in Western North Carolina. And then we've got all the national parks and we were talking about camping. What better time to really get out and start enjoying those cooler months? Yes, absolutely. A really nice spot to hit when it's sort of, um, I would say late September, very early October would be to go on the parkway. Um, There is Pisgah Campground, which is really awesome. That's a great campground if you want to really get immersed yourself in nature. And then the Pisgah Inn restaurant is one of the most, um, the, the only restaurant on the parkway and has one of the most unique views that you can ever um, see while enjoying breakfast or lunch. Um, they have full 360 views, very gorgeous, lots of platforms for viewing. You can sit out there. There's so much to do. There's so many um, nicer um, areas that you can get into that, that really offer a lot in the way of scenery and leaf changing and, and just like side road, little 
things with people selling jams and, you know, people doing their thing, which is just something that a lot of us are always trying to get back to. I love that. There's so much to see and do. And everything is really right there on romanticashville.com. It's a place that you can you can discover so many of the wonderful activities that are around Western North Carolina. And let's talk a little bit, Jen, about when we're looking at your website right now and it's summer and we're looking at all the things that there are to see and do, when do you start putting out the fall information or is that all incorporated into the website now? Um, We do have a landing page for our fall color. And what we do is we keep that there because we know that the timeline is generally going to fall in a similar range. And so we like to give folks enough notice to say, hey, here's when this elevation will show color. Here's where this elevation. So it gives you a nice guide. Um, And then of course, the closer we get there, the more you are able to see like, oh, do we have enough rain for the leaves to be crisp? Was it hot enough? Was it cold enough? There's a whole lot that goes into it. But generally speaking, you can get up there at a general timeline and you're going to see something somewhere. (laughs) Like Even if you just have to climb a little bit and, and see the higher elevations, it's pretty accessible. And everything on the website is so accessible, too, because there, like you said, there are these different categories. And and I know that as fall starts to happen, there's just so much to do in these small towns. There's so Mm -hmm. much fun and events that are going on. And you keep everything so current. I like to joke about... RomanticAsheville.com has little elves who come in at night and they just (laughs) update everything because it's so current. Everything is up to date. And I just want to give a big shout out to you and your team of the folks who are just committed to ensuring that people who come to visit here, people who live here, have the most current information, all these resources. That's what's so great. You you really can do your due diligence by going to romanticashville.com and seeing all there is to see and do where you want to stay. I mean, your trip can be made. You could create a whole itinerary, right? Yes, absolutely. We have a trip planner and you can save um, featured listings or, or events that you're interested in. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, of course, you know, we're after COVID now we're into the kind of normalizing a bit and we are very uh, thankful to all of our partners and readers who will help us keep things up to date when we can't be everywhere every every time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jen, I love having you on Speaking of Travel and catching us up on what's happening and what's new. You always seem to be right at the, you know, right at the uh, the corner of planning and current events and what's happening. So I just want to thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel and keeping us up to date and giving us kind of a preview of what we can expect as as the seasons move and change. Yeah, thank you. I always love being here, Marilyn. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And thanks to Connie for being on Speaking of Travel this week. You know, I've heard from a few listeners lately who are traveling for the first time. Some are taking cross-country road trips and Others are venturing out over the pond to Europe and beyond. Well, I think it's important to know how to stay safe and how to have a stress-free journey. There are so many first-timers now that general precautions are really kind of good to know. I always recommend that you get travel insurance. Now, that's a no-brainer today. Having travel insurance will safeguard your trip, especially if you get sick or have canceled flights. 
And pay attention. Keep your head up. And instead of staring down at your phone, just plug in an earbud and consider listening that way so that you can always be paying attention to what's in front of you. If you're going overseas, you should always scan or take a photo of your passport and driver's license and store them online somewhere secure but easy to access. I always like to bring a printed copy too. And here's something else. Bring a little cheap corkscrew. I always wish I had brought one and you can officially become a hero if you have one. So preparing for your first travel adventure doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just be prepared ahead of time. Do your due diligence and plan carefully. And then just go. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 